John 4, 1 through 30. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? He gave us the well and drank drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks of the water that i will give him will never be thirsty again and the water that i will give him will become in him a spring of water that wells up to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that i will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water jesus said to her go call your husband and come here The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers worshipers will worship in the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Joined by Elder Greg Conley. Um, and we have an awesome, awesome passage today. You know, one of like sort of the landmark moments of Jesus' ministry, the woman at the well. And there's a lot of things going on here. You know, there's this racial tension and then there's this like moral tension. You know, we know that, um, 
the woman at the well is not a woman of great like sexual integrity or marital, you know, uh, she's not your role model when it comes to marriage and Jesus, uh, you know, he, he begins talking to her, uh, and kind of speaks. We, we see, he starts speaking in a very poetic and kind of coded way, but then ultimately in a very, uh, revelatory and clear way. I am the Christ. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be any more clear. Um, so Greg, what, what are your thoughts on this passage? Um, and you know, all the different sort of dynamics that are at play in here. Well, there's a, there's a lot. I nice could probably spend question for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could probably spend hours on this. I mean, yep. I think I, I would start with, um, where kind of where you ended, where he says, where, where, uh, Jesus says he's the Messiah where he says, I who speak to you am he. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on here and you talk about the racial uh, sort of tension that's taking place here, which is alluded to a little bit with the way the disciples react and with, Mm -hmm. with the, the Samaritan um, context and also Mm -hmm. the fact that she's a woman and obviously uh, her, her marital situation. But I think Jesus transcends all that. Mm -hmm. And that's the amazing thing is, you know, he cuts through all that to get to the point of like, you know, um, I am, the Messiah. I am the son of God. I am, you know, who takes away the sin of the world. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that is more foundational than all the other things happening. And I think not only is it important for a lot of reasons that Jesus is very clearly stating who he is, but I think it's also important for, for us when you think about, Mm -hmm. um, there's nobody who's listening to this or no one who's ever lived who didn't have some type of, um, thing that they felt made them unworthy mm-hmm. or something that they think separates them from God, which is sort of where this, you know, this woman, um, you know, with her sort of marital history, her sort of relational history, Jesus isn't interested in like, you know, he, he points out her history, but he isn't interested in, in talking to her about that. He's interested in revealing himself. And I think that's mm-hmm. so instructive in not only when we approach Christ to realize, well, well, he is changing us while we are being sanctified ultimately we're coming to him as disciples we're coming to know him and also when we're talking to people about him it's mm-hmm. you know it is important to let people know that they're sinful that's we need to understand that no you need a savior yeah. but ultimately you're trying to lead them to jesus not to just a reflection on their own sinfulness yeah absolutely i mean i, I was thinking about that this weekend um one thing that i have kind of thought about a lot lately is how the the world we live in is obviously this is a big like talking point, but the world we live in is more divided than um, we historically are used to, you know, like it's either very, especially when you see like the internet and news outlets and whatever, it's either very, very progressive um, and kind of like radical left activist world or radically conservative. And Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is actually really interesting is there's one core similarity between sort of those two extremes that fuels both of their, you know, opposing rage Mm -hmm. and hatred, which is it's this obsession with like self-sovereignty and the ability to do and be whatever you want. And so, you know, for like, you know, the extremely like Christian nationalists, like lost, confused person, and for like the irreligious, like transgender activist person, it, what the driving thing there is this 
desire, this obsession with getting the mm-hmm. respect and freedom that we deserve, the yeah. autonomy that we like quote unquote deserve. And what's unique about the Christian identity is that it's not just like stepping in saying, you know, Jesus stepping in saying, no, you're wrong. But mm-hmm. in, you know, the, the faith of Christ, we have received such an honor that we could never merit mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we approach the world differently. And so when we, we, and this is what Tim Keller talked about a ton, you know, but we, we approach the world from a sense of we have ultimate liberty and honor in Jesus. And so we don't have to be obsessed with our rights, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we can live freely um, because of that. And so bring it back to this, you know, I, I think like you're totally right. Jesus does not point to like behavior modification um, and like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> but he reveals himself. And I, I think that that is like, you know, he, the language that he's using is very desire centered, like the, that idea of water mm-hmm. um, and thirst. Whoever drinks this will never be thirsty again. And, you know, then he, he pivots to the marriage thing, but then what does he ultimately pivot to is his own identity as the Christ. Mm-hmm. So do you have any thoughts on, uh, you know, she asks, there's this interesting section in the middle of it that I think we can jump over sometimes where after Jesus talks about her husbands, uh, she kind of flips to, I think that you're a prophet, you know, and she starts talking about worshiping on this mountain or that mountain. Do you have any thoughts on that section? I mean, I think to me, it sort of reveals that um, she's she's looking for an answer. She's looking for the right thing. And even maybe more broadly to the Samaritans, you mm-hmm. know, where she kind of says that um, our father worships, our father's worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews say we need to worship in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. She's trying to find the correct path, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and Jesus so beautifully is like, you know, the time is coming and in fact has arrived when neither of those are where you need to worship. Mm. You're going to worship in spirit and truth. Um, and I think it speaks to a desire in her. He's revealed vulnerably her, you know, probably something that she's not super proud of. Mm-hmm. Right. And she then reciprocates, I think, by saying, like, I'm trying to find what mountain to worship on. Mm. Right. And Jesus is like, I know. And the the thing that you're looking for is me. In fact, it's not mm. it's not a particular place. And so, to me, that's what it reveals. And I think that it makes me think when I read something like this, and I read Jesus, and I read the reaction of the disciples when they come and they say they're sort of surprised he's talking to a woman. Mm-hmm. I think about who in my life, who in just in my daily circles, if I were talking to them, would people be like, "Why are you talking to that guy?" Mm-hmm. Um, and and like, what is that? What does that look like in terms of? thinking about people who are looking for that living water who I'm just not, I'm not approaching or I'm not talking to in that respect. And Jesus just, he just wades right in and reveals himself. And like, where can I, where can I look to do that on a, on a, on a regular basis? Absolutely. And you know, we see here magnified is the unexpected nature of Jesus. You know, he Mm -hmm. is the Christ and yet he's speaking to someone here who even his own disciples like are shocked to see mm-hmm. they speaking to him and it, it reveals a lot about his kingdom, you know, and it's very resonant with like the parable of the, you know, the shepherd leaving the 99 for the one sort of this portrait that Jesus paints of himself as one who seeks outsiders. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, obviously that that is a great joy and it's very resonant with the prophecy about him. And, you know, I, I think of Isaiah uh, 42 kind of came to mind uh, this this notion of the prophet that the woman in the well had and that Jesus is speaking to mm-hmm. comes from passages like this. Um, but 42, Isaiah 42, verse one, behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen and whom my soul delights, I've put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Mm. And so from the beginning, the vision for the Messiah is this one who brings justice to the nations. And, you know, we are the nations. Like the fact that you and I, um, who are not of Hebrew descent, are reading <laughs> and talking and rejoicing in this um, is like bears witness to the truth of that. And, um, you know, we've been reading some of these passages from like Genesis and Exodus lately, where there's this interesting motif, like with Moses and uh, uh, Jacob and, or sorry, not Jacob, Isaac, uh, where you know, a guy finding uh, his wife or bride and mm-hmm. by a watering well. And so Jesus is kind of like stepping into that tradition. Obviously, he's not like marrying the woman at the well, but it's actually a much more transcendent like mm-hmm. union that he's inviting her into. It's into the kingdom of God. And so it's interesting, you know, we see Jesus here. He He's stepping outside of these boundaries to be this Messiah that's been prophesied about, who is bringing justice to all nations mm-hmm. and bring all nations back to the Father. So, um, uh, a great passage today uh, for Greg Conley. This is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.